Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Eurovision Rewind podcast. This is a podcast where we take a retrospective look at the Eurovision Song Contests of the past and the years in which they took place. I am... Oh, right, this bit. Uh, I forgot about this bit too. I ooh, I'm looking through my notes to see what happened this year. Oh, I am a, a large Belarusian disco ball, Jonathan. I am multiple surprise returns, Ellis. Mine isn't as good as yours. I am Bonnie Tyler's husky, sultry voice, Melon Chanon. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's one of my surprise returns. I that that Got shocked it. me, but that's also quite a ways into it. So <laughs> let's, let's hold right. on. Yeah, before we get to anything 2013, oh, spoiler alert, we're talking about 2013. Um, let's get into our songs of the week. You guys got? I, I'm reverting back to my intent to submit a song for consideration that was released in the year that we are covering. And uh, that's that, that, that works extra well for 2013 because coming out in 2013 was the fourth studio album from legendary French house duo Daft Punk. Random Access Memories, which means that you can really pick any song on that album aside from Touch to be my song of the week. Because What I do you have against Touch? I don't like it as much as other people do, and I find it wildly overrated. All right, uh, okay. But I, I, I'll, I'll say Giorgio by Marauder by Daft Punk. Nice. Great song, great interview with Giorgio Marauder, a bop and a history lesson. I've also actually... I mean, this isn't my song of the week, but I've also been listening to Daft Punk recently. I just re-listened to all of Discovery. Um, what a great album. It's a Daft Punky week, it seems. Mm. Uh, no, but my Good pick album. is, another thing that I've been interested in is the history of uh, Bossa Nova music. Oh, um, oh yes. So my, my pick for this week is um, Maria Moita by Sergio Mendez. Excellent, excellent tune, excellent brass, excellent guitar. Ah, oh, smooth, sultry. A lot of people in Brazil think that Bossa Nova is kind of like a dirty version of Brazilian samba, like a westernized, whitened version. And okay, that's kind of true. But it's mm-hmm. it's in my opinion the best parts of samba meets the best parts of uh, jazz, which is ah, uh, love it, love it, can't complain. Thank you for your time. Also, just bonus shout out. We were talking about this one before the show, but the Tommy Cash and Hannah Diamond remix of I Would Never Stop You by 100 Gex is a unmitigated banger and should be pouring into your ears at the highest possible rate. That's true. I second that. That one is also a completely different vibe from everything we've mentioned so far, but really good. (laughs) Yeah, so this is kind of an out of left field pick for me. This is very something that I think Alice would listen to more than me. Uh But, um, one of my songs of the week is uh, Joan of Arc is on the Dance Floor by Ali and AJ. Do you know that song? No, I will cue it up for myself, though. It is so good. It's um, it's like an 80s synth dance vibes song that came out a few months ago. And uh, so good. Another one is um, there was kind of like a long gap in recording. But like a few weeks ago, I was listening to a lot to um, Giddy On Up by Laura Bell Bundy. What is that? It is this pop country song and laura bell bundy is apparently like a broadway actress she um originated the role of Elle woods oh nice she's also she's also a country singer and i believe that song to be a perfect pop song despite the fact that it's damn admittedly not very good but, um 
from a technical standpoint, it's good because it's like, oh, all these elements of pop that are really good, but also yeah. um, kind of just a trash country song, but it's very fun. <laughs> that's perfect. Honestly, that's what we need in this time. Good trash. Yes. Actually, yeah, I fully, I fully stand behind that. <laughs> 100 gex. <laughs> Isn't that what Eurovision is? That is, that is exactly is. what Eurovision is. Do you want to tell us about Eurovision? Um, I do, but first I want to tell you about uh, 2013 at large. Ooh. Alrighty. It feels slightly strange to be looking back at such a recent year, but 2013 was truly a different time. Apple released the iPhone 5S and 5C. Ellie Cyrus gave her infamous foam finger-wielding VMA performance Robin yeah. Thicke. The PS4 and Xbox One were released. Great Gatsby memes were being seen all over social media. Lance Armstrong admitted to doping during the Tour de France. And aside from pop culture, 2013 had many political events, as we are discovering every year does. Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands, King Albert II of the Belgians, and Emir of Qatar, Hamad bin Khalifa Al Thani, all abdicated, leaving their thrones to their next of kin. Moreover, the US government shut down for 17 days. EU agreed to a 10 billion euro bailout for the Cyprus due to an extreme banking crisis. Egyptian President Mohamed Morsi was outed in a military coup. And the U.S. versus Windsor case was decided, which granted same-sex marriages federal recognition. In terms of the obligatory section on tragedy and conflict, the Boston Marathon bombings occurred, killing four and injuring many. Two Egyptian anti-coup camps were raided by Egyptian security forces, killing 2,696 in one day. Typhoon Haiyan devastated the coast of the Philippines and Vietnam, killing over 6,000. A nightclub fire kills 245 in Brazil, and a Bangladeshi factory collapses, killing thousands. Science and research thrived in 2013, with the Mars Orbiter mission successfully being launched by Indian Space Research Organization. Researchers from the Oregon Health and Science University disclosed details on the cloning of the human embryonic stem cell, and American scientists created a lab-grown ear from a 3D printer using collagen and animal ear cells. While Vine was gracing our phone screens for the first time, Pope Benedict XVI became the first pope to voluntarily abdicate since the 13th century, and data was being stolen by millions of Americans due to a security breach at the Target Corporation. We welcomed into the world Prince George of Cambridge, Fondly remembered the lives of Nelson Mandela and Lou Reed, and bid Margaret Thatcher a final good riddance. Also in 2013 was, as always, the Eurovision Song Contest, which took place in Melmo, Sweden, during the week of May 12th. Let's get ready to look back at the year that was 2013. Did you get anything for the the charts? Yes, and I actually have a I have a fun idea. Ooh! All right. I have the top 10 uh, European charts for the week of May 12th. And I was wondering if I could have you guess them after I give you right. some clues. I don't know if we have time for this, but this yeah, could be fun. Do it anyways. It'll be fun. Yeah, okay. So, number one. Also, for, for um, context, all of these songs, except for maybe one of them, were pretty successful in the U.S., and I knew most of them. So, I feel like that means that you'll probably know all of them. So, anyway, um, number one is a song. It's technically a duet, but it's more associated with, like, one singer. And she... From America, um, she's definitely a pop singer, but her kind of her whole persona is that like she's kind of like rebellious and sort of alternative in certain ways. Pink, yeah, song. Um, twenty thirteen. If it's a duet and it's more closely associated with Pink, I'm gonna say um, "Just Give Me a Reason" by Pink and Nate Roos. Yeah, yes. let's go. The next clue is gonna be that it was in a famous Vine. Oh, I didn't remember that. No, I don't remember the Vine at all, man. Oh, it was like this group of like young children like singing it and it was really bad and 
I remember fondly. Anyway, oh, yeah, <laughs> number yeah, two. Yeah, I do remember that, actually. Yes, okay, good. <laughs> All right, number two um, is by a duo that we have mentioned Jedward. earlier in the show. Fallout earlier this Boy. show. Duo. Oh, never We were talking about a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, this, would be, uh, this would be Get Lucky by Daft Punk. That would be correct. Nice. All right, number three is by Imagine. an American rapper. Huh? Imagine just give me a reason charting over Get Lucky. You don't have to. It already did. Did, yeah. Just give me a reason is good. Yeah, but it's not your fucking Get Lucky, dude. I'm sorry. My my Daft Punk bias is going to come out in full force. (laughs) I think generally over the course of this show, my dance music bias is going to come out. But so it goes. Yeah, there is fully one step going on here oh my god oh. there are so many songs that i know we're going to disagree on alice i can't wait to, to fight about them <laughs> it's going to be good okay anyway um number three is a song by a rapper who was fully only relevant in 2013 and that's it um oh. so it's not wayne uh i don't no clue i cannot even begin to guess it this wait hold on i need to check a release date real quick I did not really start paying attention to any rap music until uh, uh, 2017, I think. This was so mainstream, though. It was. Uh, give me. Give, um, can you get? Are, are there any other hints you can give me? Because I'm certain I can yeah. get this. It's technically a duo, like it's credited as being like this person and this person. Oh, oh, Thrift Shop by Macklemore and Ryan, Ryan Lewis. Different song by them. Uh, Ceiling can't hold us by Ryan Lewis and Macklemore. Can't hold us. Yeah, there we go. I don't know. Macklemore stayed relevant for... Did he? Ish. Only for the meme of thrift shopping. Well, he had thrift yeah, shopping. I... <laughs> Can't Hold Us was a big hit. He did the gay thing, which was yeah, the um... <laughs> a thing that he did. And then he yeah, had one of was. the worst albums of the last couple of years. So he stayed relevant. Yeah, so only relevant in 2013. Way. <laughs> Number four, I think is like the one song on here that I don't think was super... Didn't really make it in the u.s but um i don't know it's by a band that i think we've brought up on this show before um uh, i don't really know a lot about them i'm looking them up right now sure it's not jedward but the person just kidding he's oh. from england acoustic indie folk vibes uh mraz is mraz english oh, he's not english it's not mraz who is in folk vibes that's not i don't think you're gonna get it should i just give it to you i mean yes i i've he, it's not it's, it's let her go by passenger oh it's oh. passenger okay i actually didn't know that <laughs> oh. oh i i feel like we talked about passenger before we did but i don't really know who that is because i brought him up i brought him up uh because i belgium or someone in 2010 sounded like him oh right okay he and the lead singer of alt j have this very sort of like sort of voice yeah. it's very distinctive yeah. i don't like it i'll just say that right now <laughs> okay, but you like that, but you don't like that, but you like 100 Gex. Oh, I didn't, yeah. say I didn't like it. No, 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 I did. 100 Gex is more creative and interesting no, but like to listen the, to. <laughs> the vocal cadences. Anyway, number five <laughs> is song by um that you. It's a song that you've already guessed. That was by an artist that's already been on here before. Oh, Thrift Shop. Wow, yes, Macklemore did. really was relevant in 2013. They had two charting singles. It was like 2012 or 2013. Like two of the biggest rappers were Iggy Azalea and Macklemore, and I still think oh, about that. God, remember when Macklemore it was a time in history? 
Remember when Macklemore run one best rap album over Kendrick at the Grammys? I feel like there were okay, that went into that decision. Remember when Taylor Swift won best album over the Alabama Shakes, Kendrick, uh, fucking so much? That year sticks out to me for a lot of reasons because there were a lot of wrongings done that year. Yeah. Number six uh, is by Duo, one of which Jedward is an American like pop R&B singer who is known for her vocal range. The other one is like a um, rapper, I guess. Bang Bang? It's not Bang Bang. I don't really know right, how to bang describe bang this. Three people on it. Yeah, so it's a man and a woman. Uh, no. Rapper is male, and then like the singer is a woman. Is this Ari? Is it Ari or Mariah? Neither. What? American R and B singer known for their vocal range, and it's not Ariana Grande. I, I shouldn't have said R and B, but like R and B, like Alicia Keys kind of thing. Alicia Keys is um, known for being named after no. the instrument she plays. <laughs> no, wait. Her music is very hard to describe. I am now realizing she's known for like being able to sing really well, but like in an extra way. Is it "Do What You Want" by Gaga and R. Kelly? But no. Okay. Um. Yeah, Gaga's not that good of a singer. She recorded a song for Mulan. Like the new Mulan, the old one. Okay. What oh, f- what? <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm surprised. I have no clue. Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Oh, disgusting. <laughs> oh, disgusting. So it, so she's also like in the new Mulan, interestingly enough. Oh, is she? Yeah. She's, she's had... saying Reflection. I know, she's singing Loyal, Brave, True in the upcoming film. Interesting, okay. So I am i don't think I know this song, then. Feel the Moment by Pitbull and Christina Aguilera. Oh, God, of course it is. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Where is Sam? Mr. Worldwide, the one and only. Ah. I would never God, have gotten, I, not in a million years. Yeah. memory. That's the one that um that's the one that uh quote unquote samples take on me. I don't think I know the song. One day I'm damn I just oh, wanna yeah. feel this moment. Oh. Da, 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 da. Yeah. That's yeah. Um number seven is a very quintessential 2013 song. It is sung by a very Successful and very annoying person who got famous for being in a boy band. Oh, JT. Yep. What song is it? Suit and tie. Sexy bag. No, but same album maybe. What the fuck else was on Twenty Twenty Experience? How oh, do you know that that's the album? Oh, it's oh, it's something about mirrors. Yeah, mirrors. Oh, mirror. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, number eight minutes long. Whoa. Mirrors is eight minutes long. Mirrors in the deluxe version is eight minutes long. <laughs> Disgusting. That's not okay. All right. Number eight is by a duo. One of which is like a is a pop singer from a very specific island that if I said it would give it away. Someone who I haven't heard of before. A very specific island. Yes. Is the island like in their name or is it? Like they're the only no, but like that's person. like the one famous person from there. Yeah. Is it Cesaria from Cabo Verde? <laughs> no. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure she. Talked about, we've talked there. about her on the show multiple times before. Wow, really? Yes. Um. Oh. 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 
Oh, uh, mm, no, I rescind that. That was a lot. Kylie Minogue would not have been charting in 2013, right? What island? Kylie is also not the only famous person from Australia. I know, but it's an island, and she's like a pop person. I don't know. She's from Barbados. Oh, it's Rihanna. It is Rihanna. What song is it? I don't know. Rihanna's had more number one hits than anyone except the Beatles. Uh, it was Stay with oh, uh, Rihanna and Mickey Echo. Jeez, Christ, I was going to guess like Khalid. That was oh. Mickey Echo? Jeez. Number nine is by an artist from Asia who... This is like a follow-up single to like inexplicably extremely successful single that he had before this. Gentleman by Psy. Yes. <laughs> I'm surprised that got all the way up to number nine. That charted really well, yeah. Yeah, is is Gangnam Style still the like the most viewed video on YouTube? I don't think no, so. I don't think so. I think it's been overtaken by okay. Bieber at least once. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Rounding out the top ten, we have pretty trash song that was Despacito. Truly, ever- what? Despacito is. Despacito. Yeah. It was like 2016. The most viewed video. The most viewed video. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, number 10, a pretty trash song that was fully everywhere in 2013. Trash song that was everywhere in 2013? Is it Want, uh, you, Want you Back by Cher Lloyd? No. Um, it is a duet between two men. Is it? Not, it's like It's like a. It's not, but also it's not really a duet. It's like a um, one person and someone's featuring. Uh, how many? Uh, how many of them are rappers? Zero. What? <laughs> what? By uh, it's by someone that we've brought up on this during this recording already. If neither of them are rappers, it means it's not Magna Carta Holy Grail. Oh, oh is it the stereo love thing? The oh my god, the one with. Gym class heroes, baby. <laughs> that oh, no. Oh. Uh, stereo hearts. No, it's not that. Um, that one was so Jedward. good and bad. <laughs> is it Jedward? It's not Jedward. Darn. The person that features on it had an equally trash, very successful song, I think, the year later. I don't know if any of these are helpful. No, it's the same year. Are? Like I said, I, we've brought him up on. We've brought the main artist up on this recording before. You said Fallout Boy was in the list somewhere, and we've not. I mean, I don't think that's it's not Fallout Boy. Okay, it's very um sexist. Oh, oh, it's um, it's Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke reaching for a yes. million. <laughs> I. <laughs> wow, 2013 was a, a crass year. <laughs> it was too much. I, uh, but um, Al's yes, version was... is the, the only uh, legal version of that song now. <laughs> <laughs> Blurred, okay, so like this was a weird time too because this is when we were in middle school and like fully like songs like Blurred Lines would be played like during gym class. Is this true <laughs> for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And like the censored version of Thrift Shop and the censored version of Fancy Iggy Azalea. Was that 2013? It was 2012, I feel like. That feels so recent. 2014. Oh, wow. Boy. I guess I must not have been uh, conscious for most of that 2012 to 2015 time period, because like, I remember nothing from that era. 
<laughs> I'm all yeah, going into this, I didn't think I did, but like looking at this chart, I was like, I remember most of these songs. Yeah, I mean, if I, I, I would say my my history of paying attention to pop music has two phases, and phase one was right about this period of time, probably extended like twenty ten through twenty fourteen. So, I so th like this moment in time, I can tell you most. I would be able to tell you most of the charting hits if you gave me a hint on them. Yeah. So speaking of that, uh, in the U.S. top ten and like lower down in the European one, uh, featured "Radioactive" by Imagine Dragons, yeah. "I Love It" by Iconopop, "Bruised" oh, by Florida yeah. Georgia Line featuring Nelly, awesome. "And I Was Your Man" by Bruno Mars, and "Too Many Songs yeah. from the Red Album" by Taylor Swift. <laughs> God, this show Where? needed more. I love it. Where is Swedish House Mafia? Yeah, uh, uh, the oh. poor. Yeah, where's um? Yes, funny bring that up because we're going to talk about them later. Specifically, don't you worry, child. Yes, that's really. We're going to talk about that song later because I I, I marked in my notes. I'm claiming that... talk first on that one. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have on the charts. Do you have any other thoughts on those, or should we just get into it? Um, I have some thoughts about the pre-show before the songs start. Oh yes, because so I, I watched the whole thing. So we got I got to see the the lovely intro. Uh, we had this 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 fabulous animated short about a tiny caterpillar trekking its way across Europe to get uh, to Malmo. I like uh, that. I, I thought I liked that was, it a lot. Yeah, that was fun. He gets into the little chrysalis and he turns into a butterfly. Yeah. And it's like yes. the theme of this year is we are one, which is very 2013 very pre 2014 and then what they we we finally get into the mean? stadium oh because that's when uh pre-populism in, pre in a big way russian invasion of uh crimea oh yep 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 <laughs> um we get into the arena we got a petra mead in yes a, icon diva incredible gautier gown Yes. I don't know if you stuck around to watch much. But before that. The, yeah. Oh, there's before that? Was the Parade of Nations no, there was like before the that or after that? No, I thought, wasn't it the choir and they oh, were singing the Avicii song? Well, so the, there was a oh, choir yeah, yeah. and they were singing a song that was Avicii and the two male members of ABBA. Yes. Which is. Bjorn and Benny. A lovely combination. Oh, yeah. And then it cuts to Avicii sitting in the crowd and he's looking like Alive. Avicii. Yeah. Do you notice that Avicii was like seated like there was one person separating Avicii and John Paul Gaultier? Oh, I, oh, I didn't. That must be that must be just like the the row of seats that they had set up to throw the camera to. Because after yeah, yeah, yeah. after all the performances, they threw a camera to Gaultier. I noticed that the person that was like on like Gaultier's right was the same person on Avicii's left. I think it's funny. What was the last thing I was? Oh, and then they did a whole ass parade of nations. Like full I love that, yeah. open area, opening ceremony. They got flag bears and everything. They're walking down this catwalk that flies in from the rafters. It was absurd. And so was, I'm like, the show doesn't start until fully 15 minutes into the show, which at Eurovision is already long enough. But I, I don't know. It was great. <laughs> I thought the, the Olympic style walk in was pretty funny because they did not, the, the artists did not compose themselves themselves with the, I guess, uh, Stoicness that is so <laughs> present in that Olympic walk-in because you know they're there to represent their nation and they move into their place. Great, cool, they wave. But there's like 
there were a couple artists that like stopped and like kissed to the crowd and did a little dance and like held up the line behind them and <laughs> it was it was wonderful i thought i skipped through yeah. half of it though because it kind of got boring before we get to the first song do have to talk about the ones that got away straight the non-qualifiers so there are two that really stick out for me and one i'm not going to bring up because i know Ooh. alice is going to but um Ooh. what i don't know which one you're talking about <laughs> i might i don't know here let me pull up the I, th- I think one of you will bring it up at least but um probably my favorite non-qualifier is san marino i i felt like that didn't stick to one theme quite enough because she had but, uh, I, I, I understand <laughs> I understand what you mean, but I feel like the cohesion from like, because it's like the first two minutes are like a ballad, and then the last minute is like kind of a dance song, sort of. But I think it's it's sung cohesively. I think. Yeah, I guess it's, the first bit was like a rock ballad. I thought like it started off ballad, yeah. then it became rock ballad, then it became eh, kind of rock, just for like the bridge, and then it became dance at the end. And huh. that's not like a a bad series of transitions. It's just. I don't know. I I kind of felt confused, and then like the the that orb that she was holding, and then put on the ground. The the, the IKEA dome lamp. <laughs> yeah, the IKEA dome lamp. I don't know that like that and the beginning ballad kind of set you up for uh, a calmer theme, I guess, running throughout. The re- yeah, but I'm, the reveal. I'm gonna be yeah, honest. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know they love a reveal. She I'm... she has like this like black shroud around her and then like when it's like starts to pick up like the backing dancers like pull it off and she's wearing this like glowing like purple kind of weird long sleeve robe thing. We're gonna talk be about reveals. Honest. We have some much much better ones later on. Yeah. So I watched. We this... definitely do. I watched the non qualifiers in bed this morning, and I was going through and I was like watching all the ones I thought were interesting. And I got to this one and I watched like half of it and then I skipped ahead a little bit to make sure I wasn't missing anything and then I skipped it completely and I completely missed the dance section. Uh, it, it is a thousand percent worth it. Yeah. And I, I just now went back and looked at it now and was like, oh, this is much better than the rest of the song. Why didn't they make the whole song like this? Yeah. I also, like Valentina Moneta, Valentina Moneta is a Eurovision icon. This is her second appearance out of four, which is oh. wow, truly an accomplishment. All for and also. Marino? for San Marino, and I uh, guess who wrote this song? Oh, is it Ralph Ziegel? Yes. <laughs> hey. That was my, uh, yeah, that was like my one qualifier. I'll also bring up Cypress really briefly, just because it's like I had never heard this song until like this time going through it. I feel like no one talks about it, and it's a really nice song, even though it's pretty boring. But um, yeah, yeah. Those are my thoughts. There's one that I'm leaving out because I know it's going to be brought up later. So I'll leave um... you guys to it. Oh, I was just going to say, I can't really remember the Cypress one. And I went to check my notes and I said, pretty, boring ballad. Her dress, like undercloth, is shockingly skin toned. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's very uh, nude illusion. Yeah, very much so. This, uh, the, the non-qualifiers this year were interesting because I thought there were multiple that were much better than songs that actually qualified. Yeah, that is true. Because normally, like, I, I, actually, I'm not going to say normally because I'm not 100% familiar with the era of the qualifier round. But in 2010, a lot of the ones that got caught in the net of the non-qualifiers were the boring ones. But in this year, the boring ones got through and a lot of really fun but questionable ones drowned in the non-qualifiers, uh, which was a real shame. Because, like, yeah, I thought Slovenia's was 
quite a bit of fun. The, I think the most legitimate dubstep I heard all night. Not to say that it's... I don't think any of the dubstep was good actual, this year. <laughs> no, none of it was. But this was the most legitimate of the crappy dubstep breakdowns. And I thought, like, uh. Uh, generally otherwise was a a fun song. Okay, we'll, we'll get to Montenegro's in a sec. Yeah. <laughs> finish running through the other ones I thought was good. Uh, there was... Oh, Serbia's was insanity. The costumes on it were like... Uh, so wild. It's like, imagine the costumes from Alto Pecateño or whatever the Spanish one was from 2010. Oh, yes. But then more Technicolor and more on bath salts. I think they were trying to do it in like an angel devil thing, but it did not read. Yeah, no, it didn't not, at all. Uh, really? I thought that read very clearly to me. Uh, especially with the I didn't get it until in, but uh, yeah I didn't get that until like I read that somewhere <laughs> personally yeah um, the, music, the music for that one I was not a huge fan of but yeah. I think the outfits were definitely something to remember um, oh wait also we're taking our first trip back to Fun Fact Fjord with oh, uh, the mention of Serbia welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord yeah so um Nevena Bojovic, who I think is the one in the middle. Yeah. Um, she was the first um, artist to have ever been a representative in both junior Eurovision and the regular Eurovision. Oh, cool. Good for her. Yeah. Hopefully the existence of the junior Eurovision means we won't get any more mother-daughter shows like that one German from one from 88. And yep. Ever since like the 90s, the limit has been 16 years old. Yeah. I'm just going to finish my, my speed through of these Macedonia's. Yeah. Uh, was what seemed to be a dude and his mom, but the dude was pretty good and his mom was just trash. So I, I disagree. Know. What? Stop, stop it, Ellis. I love Where? Where up? Please she be quiet. Up thought. Could not sing. Not I at was... all. No, 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 no. I, hey, I disagree with you entirely, Ellis. I'm saying she totally could sing. She <laughs> could. Can I? Oh, wait. Can I just say something? Macedonia, trip number two to Fun Fact Yard. Esma Rejapova, who's the woman, is um, a really like iconic and influential person. She was a humanitarian in addition to being a singer, and she was one of the first internationally successful um, Romani people. Cool. Um, it is cool. And I think that her singing style is very um, uh, evocative of like Romani traditions. I mean, I see what she but, was going for, but it felt like she was just off the whole thing. But, uh, I, even I if she I was, she was just so charming. <laughs> and, uh, okay. Uh, uh, NPR apparently voted her as one of the like top 100 voices to listen to of our time. She, I, she was so clearly enthusiastic to be there. She was having a great time on stage. Her intro was a little bit shaky, but then I think she hit her stride and she brought like that traditionalism. Like she, she kind of brought her culture forward into the into the limelight. I. I loved it, honestly. I actually thought that Damn. the guy was like, eh, kind of whatever, you know. <laughs> it was unique enough that it could have done really well, but then the guy being there made it normal again, and that that's kind of what brought it down to a, a just just a semi-final level, not a not a grand final level performance. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess they should have they should have picked a direction that they wanted to go in and committed to that and i think if they had done that either way it probably would have gotten in but trying to split it down the middle harmed them yeah are you talking about montenegro no oh, there was another one i liked but now i can't find it so yes we are 
Oh, also Latvia, he stage dives and then shouted, first stage dive in Eurovision history, and this was Latvia! Which was very funny. <laughs> Oh, it's very funny. I, I hated Latvia. I wrote a lot about that. <laughs> really in on the uh, audience interaction. Hey, yo, you're lack of self awareness for me. The, the dude who was playing two iPads attached to what looked like cattle fencing? Uh, like, what was that? Iconic. Like an, and there was a there was an iPad guitar and a keytar. Yeah. yeah. He was trying to do, like, the, the 2012, like, Muse Madness thing, but, like, yeah. didn't work. When he said, let's forget about a contest and let's all feel like we're alive, I, I quoted that part. Oh, that immediately <laughs> lost them any any sense of like respectability in my mind <laughs> yeah that's like one step above the like heavy-handed world peace lyrics that we're going to get into later <laughs> Ooh, all right now let's <laughs> let, let's talk about uh let's talk about talk about let's Montenegro. get to Montenegro. where to start let's start with i'm just gonna intro. say that the... <laughs> The the fog machine was iconic. The two shape, oh, wonderful. These and then okay, so it's the, the the two the two rappers are not rapping yet. They're in their space suit costumes, and then a disembodied voice is like giving you powerful notes from somewhere. And there's like this huge dubstep breakdown. Lots of rapping from men wearing spacesuits, and a lot of powerful vocals. And I was here for it. This was I. This was great, great. And I don't know how this quali how this didn't qualify. Same. Apparently, I don't understand. I read the comments for this one, and apparently, it was fourth in the like televote kind of thing. Uh, oh, okay. And and fourteenth in the jury vote, which somehow oh, led it to being twelfth overall. Mm. Which I mean, perhaps like the jury vote is weighted more, but that, come on, jury, get with the times. <laughs> with it, it, it very much sounds like something that could have been. I mean, it could have been doing wonderfully commercially like a year or two earlier um this was yeah i think that one this uh, is my the performance everything about it the lighting the costuming the vo the vocals uh, her vocals were impressive the rapping was i mean i can only assume it was good um yeah. like oh it was great it was so fun to watch i loved it <laughs> just real quick i think it was like maybe the second time ever that rapping has actually worked at eurovision because <laughs> In the 2000s, there were lots of attempts. None of them were good, but like this song and their song from like 2012, I think, got it down pretty good. Yeah, these these guys, they do sound like they are legitimate rappers, and it's really funny because they're 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 vocally posturing to be tough guys, but they're also running around in spacesuits, and it's quite it's a disconnect. Too big as well, so it looks like their heads are really small in the yeah. in the spacesuit, and they're like these babies <laughs> i love it i love it then the woman has this um weird like google glass like green tinted it, monocle 100 percent a scanner from dragon ball z oh okay i never watched that but i'll take your word and then she also has these like weird um mechanical wings those were odd i was expecting them to do something and then they didn't yeah so that was montenegro i that sh okay we're gonna get to it but there were so many songs in this final that 
like just like watching them i was like montenegro this could have been montenegro but it's not and it should be yeah this should have qualified over half the field like this i i Holy. you could put in this you could put in slovenia you could maybe put in uh, austria you could put in latvia and they would all be what? better than songs that I very much disagree with latvia latvia very much disagree with the final entirely based on novelty like i think that 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 could have been such a lovely Eurovision I mean, but if we're going with novelty, on. then we already have Romania, which we shall get to and oh, talk about God. extensively. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about the finals. Let's let's go into the. Yeah, okay, so um, yeah, we're gonna start with song number one, which was this is Amandine Bourgeois with the song "L'Enfer et Moi," which means "Hell and I." Whoa, that is much more dramatic than I was expecting. Yeah, this performance makes me really angry because it's huh. just, I listened to, so I, I have the studio version of it saved on Spotify and listen to it a lot because I think it's a really good song. And this per, this song is just rife with potential and it squanders all of it. Like the performance is really weird. I don't really like her outfit. It's this kind of weird shapeless like leather dress and then it's just her on the stage by herself. I think that this song would have been a lot more effective with like a band or maybe something more. A band would have had more movement. Yeah, and it's just I think that her vocals weren't really doing what they needed to be, and as France is known to do in the past ten years, the staging really let the song down. And I want to like this one a lot, and I think I do, but there were a lot of missed opportunities for me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, this was the first of what would end up being a trend in my eyes, where songs were perfectly adequate at the start, sagged in the middle, and then picked up towards the end. But like at that point, it was too late. And like it happens with this, where it doesn't really get good until two thirds of the way through the song, and it's going to happen again and again and again. It's really similar to the pacing of the show, because the show is paced badly and backloaded. This song is paced badly and backloaded, but otherwise, I think it's a perfectly fine song. <laughs> I quite liked the. There was, there was like a very simplistic, almost like country-inspired uh, guitar thing going on in the background. It, I in, the, in my notes, I said it was like if Chet Atkins had only played for one year. <laughs> so it wasn't. It wasn't good. I feel like it's more was, blues though. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It was. I I liked that because it felt different, but they never went anywhere with it. And yeah, her her voice as well, like her vocals didn't contribute much. They weren't powerful and they weren't unique in a way where it just kind of felt flat. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and like mm -hmm. the kind of flat vocals with a very simple uh, set of backing tracks, it just it did not keep me interested for very long. I like if you had those kind of simplistic instrumentals and something a bit more interesting in her voice, I couldn't I think it could have been good. Or that voice with a different set of backing tracks would have also been more engaging. But as is, I like I don't know where this is going to end up ranking. I, I I guess I kind of hope it's in the top half, but I have like no clue. I just I don't think people are going to remember it very much, but 
Also, they might. It, like, it's fine. I don't know. <laughs> and also, just in general, this is a super bizarre way to start the final, I feel. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. This weird, like, moody rock song about, like, the singer coming to term with her inner demons. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, like you mentioned that you mentioned this earlier. I don't know if we were recording at the time, but the ESC laid out this show. This was not random draw. Which, yeah, well, and, parts of it were technically random. Like they, the, each artist would draw either first half or second half, and then they'd work with that. But I think even in the first half, there were a, a lot better candidates for like to open the show, and also just in general, this could have yeah. been paced so much better. What do you think this one will do, Alice? Um, I do think it's in the top half. I don't think it's in the good. So I think it's going to be a little bit above, a little bit above halfway. All right. So I think that means we're ready to move on to our next performance, which was Lithuania with the song Something by Andreas Poyavis. I finally get an opportunity to be biased towards Lithuania, and then they give me this to work with. Yeah, like what um, is this? this qualified from the semifinal? It's qualified from the semifinal. This is another like again. This song does not even approach getting good until the last third. And I would even, argue it doesn't at all. <laughs> yeah, but like the last third is without a doubt the best third of the song, yeah. and like it's just like it's a it's a slog it's a diet foo fighters slog really foo fighters that's bold it was, i it said was, it was like jesse's girl some kind of you know rick springfield brian adams kind of oh. an attempt at classic rock <laughs> um i this song was it's a bruce english. springsteen b-side yeah 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 <laughs> this song was in english and that definitely hurt it not because of the singers like the vocalists inability to pronounce english words but because of just how stupidly bad the lyrics were <laughs> i could not get over that it was clearly trying to be an all-american 80s song which is really really weird for a eurovision 2013 entry <laughs> from lithuania yeah it just yeah and the background yeah. singers could not sing at all they were so off. They were so bad. This is so this is such a strange and explicable performance. Like, oh, and then remember that weird um, camera effect where it got all blurry for two seconds? Yeah, that was a choice. But the song itself is just so like over sanitized, polished, like soft rock. It's, it's like so lightly barely competent. Yeah, and it's just the singer is barely competent. That's a that's a good description of this song. Because like it's yeah, not and I just, competent yet, but it is barely competent. Yeah, and then also this is like another. It's weird how there are two kind of like rock songs in a row with not very dynamic stagings. I think yeah. it's like weird to start the contest like this because it's kind of like starting in a weird slump. Yeah, hundred percent. That slump carries. I mean, like the next song is, is kind of fine, and there's some there's a speckling. Ah, ooh, of... We're gonna throw hands. Okay. <laughs> Are you 
Are you more than kind of fine or less than kind of fine? <laughs> Way more than kind of fine. I love it. Okay. Um, anyway, before we get to that. The vibe that these two created really it does some damage for the first half of the show. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was so, I, I just, I feel like I keep repeating the fact that it's weird, but like, it's it's hard to wrap your head around. On <laughs> <laughs> a stupid, like, studded Hot Topic belt. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a lot. Anyway, um, how do you think this will rank? I hope it does poorly, just because I was so confused. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to go utter dumpster, because I don't think it's actively bad, necessarily. But I just can't see this getting votes over other options. So, like, I think it's just going to get kind of shunted down towards the bottom. It's definitely worse than uh, the next entry, oh, Moldova. Yeah. That's for sure. And with that, we're moving on to song number three, which is um, Aliona Moon's Oh Me, which I think means 1000. I didn't write it down. Um, for the country of Moldova. favorite of the podcast moldova absolutely can okay kind of fine is is a little bit of an understatement for me too this was um these were the first uh white outfits of the night for the back yeah. performers which you know you gotta yes. have an all-white costumed cast and crew in a eurovision performance the construction of her dress as well very cool i so good her dress was awesome that was awesome, and it gets um, better. I'll say. Yeah. Uh, it's like this. <laughs> I think it gets better. <laughs> it it has a, a very well constructed um, white bodice, and then kind of like a, a long flowing red skirt, which isn't actually red as we learn later, which is yes. amazing lighting effects. Like I yeah. was totally, I didn't even see anything otherwise for the first three quarters of the song. The song itself, actually, no, I have, I have some more things to say about her looks. Her hair was awesome. Her, look, it, her hair was a direct ripoff of the cover of the first LaRue album, but yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, it is. It reminded me a lot of uh, if a, like, 90s anime kind of mobster, you know, the mass, like, the pompadour-style thing, oh, yeah, were a yeah. redhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but your your LaRue album uh, cover is definitely a better connection there. Um, you know what my association is? What? Go for it. It's the exact same, it's the exact same shape as um, illustrations of toothpaste on a toothbrush. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. The song itself, I thought, was um, underwhelming at first. Her vocals were good, but not too engaging the the instrumentals were also kind of like eh, i'm not sure if i like where this is going the the background dancers were putting way too much energy into it like <laughs> they were they were basically vibrating with how fast they were moving and i'm like you are completely off with how this song is going and then things suddenly change and 
uh, everything picks up. Her her voices and the instrumentals and quite literally her dress. She starts to yeah. elevate the scene on her skirt changes and it's like space and lightning and stuff and then there's fire and onto her skirt so cool it was so cool (laughs) this moldova is the master of doing the most with the least all this is is like a long skirt something that like lifts her up and then a projector but it looks so good it's might like as of this point in the competition is the single best staging of ever of any song we've covered yet it's I would agree with that. So good. Because like it, even even towards the start, even if she weren't to go full Christmas tree from the nutcracker, she's standing there mm-hmm. and like in a already great looking dress, and then the bottom half of it is glowing because it's being projection 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 mapped red. And so it's already a cool effect, like with the smoke around her as well. And then when she does grow and it and they do start putting stars and lightning and fire onto it it's like oh this is it's so visually arresting and so cool to watch that i i couldn't even care about the song because i just this, i'm in love with this this staging and this performance yeah no i mean i i agree with all of that the performance i mean you said it best this is the best staging that we've seen out of all the songs that we've covered it's just I mean, anything I'm going to say is just anything that you guys have already said. Um, the song itself, I do really like just because it's it's a ballad, but also I think it does a really good job of building on itself. So it's not it's not one note. It has a lot of levels. And I think her voice is really, really, really good. I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago, my uh, my theory of good ballads. And this definitely falls into the winner takes it all by ABBA category of good ballad. Hmm. Hear that. Oh, and I love the backing dancers. I don't think that they were doing too much. I think that they were doing just enough. I, I okay. I thought so at first, but then things changed, and she grew, and I'm like, I get it now. I understand. <laughs> this yes. energy's been here this whole time. I just didn't see it before. I'm the fool. Just hidden under her dress. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you think this one might rank? I think, and I hope that this will do well because I'm I'm not a hundred percent certain how it's gonna go down with judges if they're paying closer attention to song than staging, but I I cannot imagine a song that is this visually impressive doing actively poorly. So I think it's gonna do well. I agree. I didn't really think about this song too much after watching it. I remember well watching it thinking, Wow, that looked amazing. And Thinking about it again, like if I were in a position where I were voting for these things, I would still remember, wow, that looked amazing. But I, I wouldn't really remember the song all too much. So I think if the performance alone is strong enough to carry a televote, then it's it's going to do very well because oh, the performance was amazing. Like I can't we can't stress this enough, <laughs> but it's I, like, you know, that, that, you know, that gift of, gift of Lady Gaga where she's like. Iconic showstopping, never been done before. Yeah, That's how I feel yeah. about this. Yeah, this was a showstopper. It's only the third song. <laughs> yeah, you know they, they brought us up and how they let us down. Next, oh, we have song man. number four, which is uh, Finland's Krista Siegfried with the song "Marry Me."
I have to start on this one. Go for Please it. Please do. Some of this is trash. Disgusting. This is, this is hor- and also before to be clear, this is about like the song. The song is so tacky. It I just I don't know where to begin, and I have so many thoughts. Okay, so purely from a Sonic like standpoint, this song is bad. It is really catchy, but in a very irritating and grating way. Yeah, I. she has a really annoying stage presence where she's kind of overly bubbly and kind of giving you too much, which it's almost impossible to think that a song like this, there could be too much, but this is too much. And then, of course, the elephant in the room. After she sings all of these songs where she's spouting all these heteronormative relationship standards of changing your last name and being obsessed with marriage and having babies and... Give you cute also, babies. That yeah, one. and also repeating the lines, I'm your slave and you're my master, which, um, uh, uh, that's, nope, 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 that's not cute, that's, that's, uh, oof, anyway, but then at the end, after all of that, she has the audacity to, um, kiss a woman, therefore implying that, like, she's been singing this song to a woman the entire time. Going full which, tattoo. Fully okay. Remember, remember in the 2003 episode when um, the EBU was like, "Oh, we want to pre-record the tattoo performance out of fear of a quote lesbian publicity stunt." <laughs> this is the real lesbian publicity stunt because yeah. this is this is this is blatant pandering to the gay audience that knows and loves Eurovision. Because in interviews, she said that this song she wrote about her boyfriend. From what I understand, Chris oh, Siegfried is heterosexual, yeah. and also just the lyrics, like I said, are very heteronormative. So this isn't this isn't about anything like queer. It's just about it's about her, and then the end is about her wanting to get more votes, but from the gay people that watch Eurovision, and it's just like it makes me feel gross because like also in other interviews she was like, oh, I'm doing this because I want Finland to legalize same-sex marriage, and it's like, hey, that's great, I support that, but like, what are you doing other than? seeing another conventionally attractive woman on stage like like what are you doing what are you actually doing that's getting that message across what are you doing that's like actual activism work and what are you doing that is performative and is pandering and is not helpful at all like i just just struggle to see how this has to do with legalizing same-sex marriage in finland and i can only think that this was just done for publicity and to more votes for this terrible song that shouldn't shouldn't be in the final it should be like bottom three in the semifinal. Yeah. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily, I agree with your points about the message. I don't necessarily agree with your points about the song itself. Cause I, I don't, I don't love the, I don't love this song, but I think the song is a great example of like this and like broken hearted by Carmen and Cher Lloyd. Like there is this sort of like obnoxious, Very Cher Lloyd. there is this sort of obnoxious pop thing at this point in time and i think this is a great example of it and it's monstrously catchy it's the catchiest song on the show by a wide margin and the backup dancers are doing a great job both the both the backup singers and the backup dancers sorry to interrupt but can i just say something yeah three male like backup dancers with like the velvet suits were giving me more gay representation than crystal was (laughs) they were women with mustaches taped on they they were. I I didn't realize. Hey, what? This until, did you not notice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This? So no, I'm watching it right now, and I. So no, the, it it starts out, and it's these three kind of weird looking guys with super slicked back hair, wearing fake mustaches and like masquerade things, and they're in purple oh. velvet tail suits. But then yeah. when they pull the veil, they they pull this giant like 
train veil up to her for a moment. And all three dancers do an onstage quick change, take off the mustaches and the masks. And I, I assume they are wearing drop dresses under the suits or something. Yeah, they uh, But change into bridesmaids' dresses and reveal that they've been women the entire time. Oh, oh why didn't I put that together? That, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that change so, your your opinion to make it even worse now, Jonathan. Actually, I'm kind of impressed with the ingenuity of the outfits, but um, <laughs> it doesn't change my opinion about the song and the rest of the performance. Yeah, that's fair. But I thought I thought they were great. I thought the the singers were great, um, and I thought the song was, if not good, enjoyable to listen to. So, oh, I uh, I could not get past the the lyrics. I, yeah, that's yeah. Even if it were nice to listen to, I couldn't notice it because I I too felt just so gross the entire time. To and here's the thing about that, it's like I don't I can't I can't tell if it's satirical or not. Yeah, I can't either. Then the message is lost because at the end it, you find out that she's singing it to a woman. It doesn't it's not really a satire if it's about I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Everything about this. <laughs> the whole aesthetic of it is um is Vegas wedding. Yeah. And she's wearing this absurd wedding dress with like the Adidas, pink nasty nasty pink and garter and a nasty, nasty like uh roller skating like uh shin guard on one of her legs. <laughs> I have to say her outfit I described in my notes as if the the scene kids the you know it's not a phase mom kids oh, for them yes. it actually was not a phase like it's very uh, that's it, that it, stuck around the entire way it feels kind of Avril Lavigne yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Avril Lavigne we're so sorry <laughs> yeah yeah no Avril Lavigne sweetie I'm so sorry that ugly ass bitch whatever <laughs> oh. also I I'm 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 sitting here questioning, have I heard the like have I heard this song before? Because when I heard it at first it sounded very familiar. But I don't know if that's just because it was like, oh hey, look, it's Carmen, but not because they're not no. rapping. Oh I don't know. By the way, um we're taking our first trip to Controversy Corner with this one, unsurprisingly. Oh, no surprise there. Controversy Corner. Have we not already been to Controversy Corner with this one? I mean, we've gotten into the drama and conflama, but um beyond that, okay, so like I said. Lesbian kiss on stage allegedly to legalize same-sex marriage in Finland. I don't buy it. But um, Greek and Turkish media reacted very negatively. Uh, <laughs> and Turkey ended up making a decision not to air the contest entirely. Which, Whoa. which they said was because of like lack of like viewership in past editions. But people mm -hmm. speculated it's because of this. And then um, in China, they just removed this performance from the pre-recorded broadcast and showed every other song. Yeah. And that's why, that's um, why they... Uh... That's why they pre-recorded or tattoo. Yeah, I think, is, is, is that right? I no. last, yeah. I, I it has to be. It was, it was grossly catchy. The ding dong, which was like, I guess her catchphrase or something, felt so, that was so annoying. Out of place. It was so. I hated every second of this. <laughs> In a world it was so where uncomfortable. Just has a career, you cannot expect this to get dead last. Okay. Okay, that is true. It is unfortunate. It is true. I but, bottom five, please. I think the song is much too catchy and enjoyable. Bar lyrics for this to do that badly. Do I think it's going to do badly? Absolutely. Do I think that the UK is going to heavily vote for this? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, like, I would not be yeah, surprised yeah. if it's like a ten from the UK. 
Uh, yep. All right. So um, before we move on, on behalf of uh, Chris the Siegfrieds in the Finnish delegation, I apologize uh, to every single woman who is attracted to women <laughs> for this performance. Anyway, all that aside, we're moving on to song number five, which was Contigo Hasta El Final, which means Together Until the End by ESDM from Spain. Bagpipes. Bagpipes. The return of the Iberian bagpipe from 1998. Exactly, the Iberian bagpipe. We stan. Yeah, we do stan. This was weird. Yeah. Because, for one, it's a bagpipe and a rock song. They did not need the bagpipe. The bagpipe was gimmick. The bagpipe was all gimmick. And not then, a good one either. It, like, yeah. some gimmicks are like, okay, I get the point of this. It adds something to the performance, and it's fun. And this, it, it was so out of place. Yeah. Uh, and like, nothing about this song was good except for the outfit of the one guitarist on the right who was styling. I thought he was creepy. Massively. Oh, I thought he looked great. But like, I thought he looked old and creepy. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Agree to disagree. But like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I see where this song is coming from and I see it could be good, but it's really deeply not. Let me just say. At this point in the show, I had already noticed that I had been gotten real good by the little butterfly as it leaves, like the thing that announces who's performing, the like kind of note right at the end of that. I'm like, well, that's a weird way to start the song. And that got me for every single song in the rest of the show. Really funny. So when you go to Norway, that was like pretty much actually how it started. Yeah. Um, I this song felt similar to uh, some 2010 entry, which I'm forgetting which one right now. But it's like, okay, this song sounds like a song, but it doesn't have kind of the soul that you'd expect. <laughs> it felt mm, to that me, is very on the nose. Yeah. It yeah, felt Jonathan, to me, this is conviction, but not soul. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I can, I totally agree with that. I said that it felt to me like, like if a Disney Channel uh, show had an opening theme and the show was about mm-hmm. like these, you know, kids who live in the rural part of town and grow up on a farm and make jokes about the big city. I, I don't know. It was just, it was a weird song. And yeah, the no, last I feel line that. being in English after none of the rest of it was in English also felt like a gimmick but again not in the way where it's like okay this adds to the song this is fun it's just i don't get the point of why this is here yeah i don't know how to feel about this one because it i mean i feel like i've said like weird more times than i ever have in my life but this was just so weird it definitely lacked soul and it didn't really feel like a real song somehow yeah, yeah this um is simulacrum of an actual rock song yeah and i did one thing i did like though was the um I like those big chinese like paper lantern things that Oh yeah, there that were like all over the arena. One that dropped down and she touched it. That was cool. That was I that that was cool. But that I, I can't say I dislike it because I don't. And there's a lot of no good nasty nonsense this year, so it's not one of my least favorites. But yeah, 
it's just I just don't know what to say or feel about this. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm rewatching it right now. I'm with Ellis on that. The the weird, creepy guitarist is kind of looking all right. Kind of looking pretty, pretty fly. Yeah, I think, um, he, I think I, you can fairly safely say he's got the second best suit of the evening. Oh, yeah. Italy. Oh, definitely not the best, though. Italy. Oh, Italy. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about that. I love that suit. Okay. I love that man. <laughs> Spain, I got to give it top half of the bottom half. Yeah, I can get with that. I can get with that. I think it it's might like, fly a little bit higher, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think the jury's probably going to vote for it. I think, as far as televoting goes, like we've all mentioned, it's a song, but is, is it really? And that's going to give it some votes. You know, there are some other things coming up that are definitely not songs. <laughs> End of sentence. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to do... Okay. Okay. I mean, we're moving on? Yeah, let's. Yeah. All right, so After Spain was song number six, which was Love Kills by Roberto Bellarosa from Belgium. We've got our first dubstep breakdown of the night. <sighs> Dude, Not our last. it is. I thought that was fun. <laughs> I I cannot with these dubstep breakdowns yeah. that have nothing to do with the rest of the song. I just can't. Like, also, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna painfully insert dubstep into your song, at least make it d- decent. Like, on at least make it like like too close. By Alex Clare is a great example of using dubstep in a pop context literally no song tonight does it well because they all use the exact same stock preset sounds like they they all sound the exact same and this is coming from someone who has listened to more than his fair share of dubstep and like i'm not knocking it as a genre i like dubstep i think it's it's good for most for the most part none of it tonight is good it is all hot trash generic pulling for the marketing it sounds bad sounds shallow doesn't work i totally second that this song is really um confusing to me i think his voice is fine for the first half i didn't really realize he was speaking english or singing in english the backing dancers totally upstage him but yeah the not really in a good way because not in a good shocking way. control over their shoulders I cannot. They did like that. It was so strange. I couldn't tell if I liked it or if I hated it. But I decided that these are like um, two Belgian moms that are asking to speak to the manager on Wednesday night, and then on Thursday night they go to like a hip hop class to stay in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really. They're also bad. giving me very like I'm Renata Bliss, your freestyle dance instructor. Yeah, <laughs> that, that one I agree with way more. Because <laughs> the other th- okay, I'm gonna keep complaining about the dubstep real quick. Because the other thing that the thing about this is that I would say he does a pretty good job of sounding of emulating Swedish House Mafia without ripping off Swedish House Mafia. Um, Not to in no way is it as good as anything Swedish House Mafia has ever made. But like he's doing an okay job of sounding like that 
main stage electro pop stuff from the early 2010s but that does not in in almost any way none of that that music is not particularly in conversation with dubstep and so the dubstep should not have been inserted here because it is a different genre of mainstream pop electronic music from the time also this song is all chorus like there are verses i am aware of them but i did not remember any of them i just remember him singing the chorus for three minutes and then a dubstep thing and then a little bit more chorus and then it ends this was yeah like i said super confusing this for me was the year of uh references i have quite a few references to other songs or artists that (laughs) i remember and to me this one did not hit as swedish house mafia but it did hit as the memes of coldplay meeting the memes of imagine dragons like Uh. It's the fun. worst parts of both of those coming together yes. in I, yeah. the worst possible way. <laughs> I, I See, I don't think, I wouldn't necessarily compare it to Imagine Dragons because I think a hallmark of Imagine Dragons is an attempt at rock legitimacy, and this makes no attempt in that regard. That's the good part. That's the good part. That's why, the worst yeah, part. That's why, it's, that's why it's mixed with Coldplay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's It just, the dubstep was... I mean, I guess it was popular at the time. I mean, dubstep was like a little, I think 2011 is when uh, dubstep was peak kind of dubstep, a... Peak dubstep was 2012. Oh, okay. Peak, yeah, like, uh, I remember like 2011, 2014. 2011 was the start of, 2011 was arguably peak Skrillex. Yeah, that's, And then yeah. peak dubstep as, peak, the, the peak social relevancy of dubstep was 2012. And then it uh, it tanked in 2013, 2014. And is working its way back up. I'm afraid for that day. Just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot. A lot of the. I'm not going to get too deep into it because I could talk about this for an hour and a half. But like, yeah, it, it's 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 very much come back on the festival circuit, and it's very much more boring now. But it's not going to break into the pop mainstream anytime soon. As far as as far as gimmicks go, this one was very clearly a pandering to kind of the the trends of the time. So in that way, I feel like it quote unquote added something to the song. Very different than, uh, what was it? Spain's with the, the bagpipe like that. I have no clue what they were going for with that still. Um, yeah, I like, I can, I get the reasoning behind that dubstep break, even though it doesn't, it doesn't blend with the song at all. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this should have stuck to being a Swedish House Mafia clone, and it would have been better, but it didn't. So yeah, right. Um, rankings? Um, just a bit in the middle. Yeah, I'm with that. It was pretty boring, but it wasn't like terrible. Yep. Speaking of boring, uh, song number seven Ooh. is "Et Usax Alguse" by Birgit from Estonia. the Estonian language I think it's very beautiful language I like the black and white to color effect I don't and it got to the chorus that was cool I think it should have been a slower transition 
It was just like, okay, here's Kyler, boom. Yeah, the the it's not this kind of not it didn't seem quite like a demo, but it seemed sort of unfinished. This song, yeah, because I think like kind of similar to the Georgia 2010, the the transitions between like the the chorus and the verse and whatever aren't super cohesive. I think the song is like fine. It's not good or bad really. And I think that her dress is hideous, like shapeless and weird, and makes her look pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought this song had exactly one interesting component, and that was the fact that it started in black and white, and then it threw that out too hastily and didn't even commit to it. Like, if you're going to make a choice that's that yeah. absurd and pretentious, at least stick to it, and then this didn't, and then I just do not care in the slightest about any of the rest of it. So I will say she looked a lot like Lana Del Rey. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have to say about the song. <laughs> I don't even know if I agree with that. Oh, but... but speaking of Estonia, so I brought this up to you guys earlier today. We're going to Fun Fact Fjord. Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. Because um, in Estilal, which is the like uh, Estonian pre-selection show, there was a band called oh, Vinnie right. Puch that got third place. This song beat it. Yeah, there, and it should I don't really know how to describe I don't know how to describe Vinnie Pook, but basically, like, what it was, was it was this weird hardcore band that had two drummers that were on a rotating drum that was on a wall. And then there was a guitarist, a bassist playing this weird, like, medieval-looking instrument, then the lead singer. They were all wearing, uh, like, unitards, like, wrestling, like, 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 wrestling the sport wrestling attire yeah. with these weird, like, werewolf masks. Then towards the end, the the guitarist and the bassist get lifted into the air because there's like a cable attached to their feet. And it's about your neighbor who visits Latvia for the day and breaks all of his bones. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that, that would have been so this much better than that, this. That would have been so much better. I don't better understand. I just, I, I don't understand how this be, because like this, who has opinions about this song? Nobody. We yeah. don't have opinions about this. But like, we are still talking about that band, and I literally don't even remember the song, and I'm watching it right now. Yeah, like I, I don't see this. I don't see this song that they've actually entered doing anything other than being in like the bottom five. And this qualified from the semifinal. Like, what Jesus is that? Christ, God. All I'm saying is that if we want to stick with the band's artistic direction as far as their camera work goes, then. Oh. We could not have chosen what, what did you call it, Vinnie Pooh? I don't know if yeah. that's the correct pronunciation. Because people would have gotten injured. Mm. I was almost yeah. dizzy from watching that. Anybody who had any kind of like you know sensory oh, yeah, overload kind of thing would have been just hating it. Epilepsy warning. It yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> How do we think Jeet is gonna do? Dumpster. Yeah, I'm with that. It's boring and she did actually no that's not true she did she did a good job of keeping the audience yeah. engaged in that she was like moving around the space that she was in she was in that kind of little outcropping thing from the main stage and she she worked that well so I, she got some pretty sizable applause uh when her performance i think say that she did the best with what like she did the best possible not maybe not the best possible but she did a really good job with the kind of shitty song that she ended up having yeah yeah right so that brings us to song number eight 
which is Soleo by Eliona Lanskaya from Belarus. <sighs> So this song, I, the song starts, and then Courtney Act comes out of a disco ball. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then that's it perfect. Breaks down and, oh, and it, goes into yes. the worst key change of all time. Karen, oh, I, but I love it. <laughs> I don't really have that much more to say about this song because the actual song itself kind of sucks. But the staging is like, oh, there's a giant disco ball. Oh, our singer is coming out of the disco ball. Oh, there's drums that are also disco balls. Oh. <laughs> So your, it's like uh, your O is more enthusiastic than I would have put it. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, the song itself was not disco, like in any way. <laughs> like, yeah. The disco ball yeah. staging was completely just so wildly wrong. The <laughs> the outfit more fit the vibe of the cha cha kind of thing, but it was so. Overly, like the staging was so overly dramatic in the performance. There were pyrotechnics <laughs> that, ha- that yes. wow, pretty much every time she sang, <laughs> just like not, a, it's not a huge moment in the song. It's not something that carries much weight or is like, oh, yes, I'm feeling it now, you know? It was, <laughs> it was ugly. <laughs> I, so I agree with all of you. Like, I don't disagree with any of the points that you made, but I like this one. <laughs> I think it's so extra and it's so dramatic, and this, like, does not need pyrotechnics or the type of dancing or this disco ball or the weird drums that are also, like, holographic. I just think that this is a lot of fun. The song is kind of not very good. The choreo is weird. The thing that she does every time she says cha-cha, she puts her, like, arms out and, like, claps her hands upside down. I, I don't really know if I'm featuring that, but um, I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah. As my sister just, says, it's fun to have fun, but you have to know how. And they don't know how. In this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, there yeah. was just so much going on. The The performers themselves felt lost in it all. Like, it was it was too uh, fun. Well, also... <laughs> And a quick um, fun fact, as Belarus is known to do, uh, they changed their song at the very last minute. They chose <laughs> one in like January and then like a couple weeks before they had to decide the actual song. They were like, nah, like they did in 2010. Good for them. You know, they're keeping the EBU on their toes, having a great time. That's what they need to be yeah. kept on their toes. Although, frankly, I just cannot understate how awful, awful this key change is. I think it's fine. Fun, yeah. There's nothing more. I like that her nails matched her dress. Her dress, though, that was another problem. <laughs> I'm telling you, Courtney I, mean, Act, I guess. Courtney Act could have rocked that dress. Yeah. Well, she kind of did in the finale. She had this like holographic yeah. thing, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, how do you think this one will do, all things considered? Oh, jeez, I don't know. I don't know, dude. This year, this year is throwing me because the things that usually do not do good are forced into doing good because they are at least interesting. I think there aren't enough people like you, Jonathan, who are 
<laughs> enthralled and floored by the just bombastic, you know. I would not say floored. Nature <laughs> Jonathan floored and disgusting. I know I'm I'm teasing you a little bit, but I don't think there are enough people <laughs> who are willing to embrace the over overly dramatic nature high camp performance so i think it has to do poorly yeah all right so um oh boy next we're moving on to malta's uh dr john luca with the song tomorrow And uh, for the first time ever, we're taking a trip to Fun Fact Fjord and Controversy Corner. Um, the Fun Fact Fjord. Um, I'll wait for this one going to be Ellis. Who knows? I'll just play them both at once. I like it. Just like overlaid on top of each other? Yeah. Perfect. So um, as the postcard video would suggest, Gianluca Bazzina has been a practicing medical doctor since July of 2012. When he was only 22, which I find concerning, yeah. but maybe things are different in uh, Malta. Um, in terms of Controversy Corner, this really came out of left field. I was um, on his Wikipedia page and I saw this. So um, in 2015, he addressed the general counsel of the Nationalist Party of Malta and said, and I quote, it really bothers me that the values and morals that have been safeguarded for several years are now changing drastically. The mentality has become more liberal nowadays, and whenever an individual feels something is right, he seeks to justify it by changing a law. Morals which have been enshrined in everyday life are being redefined and reinvented, and countries across the world are le legislating in favor of these, quote, rights to get more votes. Well, that's a shame. So he's a populist? It is. Yeah, and he... This is so weird because, like, not only do I disagree with him, but also, like, it's a huge oversimplification of, like, human rights and human, right le human rights legislation, and it's very weird. Oh, I liked this one, too. Yeah, I was about to say, that does not match the vibe of the song at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Or the vibe of Eurovision generally. Yeah, it's... Also, like, if you owe your entire music career to this very, like, liberal, open-minded contest, I feel like you owe it to, like, the people who gave you your career to like maybe keep quiet about your like weird conservative populist beliefs i said that this was um a soul sister but slightly better i yeah i agree entirely this is a better version of hey soul sister it's like and what I, it's, put, I said soft ukulele nine in the afternoon by panic at the disco <laughs> oh that too but yeah no like it opens up with soft ukulele. Everyone on stage is wearing multiple layers and colorful pants and smiling. And one guy's got a straw fedora on. And it's very like, it's very 2010s hipster, cute, quirky, Zooey Deschanel sort of aesthetic. And it's very nice because like, I, I probably wouldn't like this outside of a Eurovision context. 
but it's a nice it's a very nice pleasant song and it's an aesthetic that was very much extant in the world at the time that we otherwise are not going to see on this show so i thought this was great i really enjoyed this and i'm sad to hear about the singer <laughs> yeah i think i liked it but i don't know if i liked it as much as you did alice yeah. i think that it's cute and fun and i think that it has a place in the eurovision final which i don't think i could really say about most of the songs that have been we've seen so far yeah, um, yeah. It, i think it's a little bit too cutesy and like overly like kind of too saccharine for me but That's um fair. i don't think it's bad i think it's kind of not really for me but at the same time i don't dislike it yeah which is this song could have been much worse oh like, yeah oh yeah if you're gonna go it could down have been the, hey soul sister yeah it could have been hey soul sister if you're gonna go down the cutesy ukulele train you could do much worse than to come out with what this guy has come out with so uh, mark Agreed. that as a success for him how about you melon i think this song super cute i like i agree with everything that you two have been saying i like listening to it the audience response was not that big and i'm realizing that now that may have been because of his political beliefs i chalked it up at the time to the fact that it's like not really a song you can dance to but i mean it is a song that you can dance to but it's a song that you like can a, dance like to. a soft bop not more not like a woo let's go crazy it's a song you can dance to barefoot at a farm in a sundress yeah yeah yeah, yes. yeah. that's true but that's Soleil, though. eurovision stadium you know yeah <laughs> that's not the eurovision concert venue I like the lyrics displayed on the the background screen with like the you know the little animated cues like smile curled up when you said smile and stuff like that. I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. I'm I'm with everything that you've said so far. I Yeah, this is another one that I feel like it's hard to know how to feel about this one. Yeah, definitely. I feel so, quite positive about this until I heard about the controversy corner and I think that the voting will reflect that unless it unless it gets Unless it gets backlash from anti hipsters. Well, the um his like address to the that committee was after this also. But were his um political stances known before then? I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna say this song is gonna do well because I think it deserves to, especially yeah. going against some of the other songs in this uh, performance. I'm disappointed though. Do better, yeah, John Luca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- definitely. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Eurovision Rewind podcast. We'll be back next week with the exciting conclusion of our Rewind on the 2013 Eurovision Song Contest. If you liked what you heard today, you can follow us on social media at Eurovision underscore Rewind on Instagram and at VocabGumbo on Twitter. You can also check out more episodes of the show over at vocabgumbo.com, along with the other podcasts in the Vocab Gumbo family. As well, if you'd like to support the show with money, you can do that over at patreon.com forward slash vocabgumbo. That'll go help cover the costs of the show. For Jonathan and for Millen and for everyone else here at Vocab Gumbo, I'm Ellis. We will see you next week.